Roger Williams University is hosting a crisis management seminar on May 3rd at their Providence campus. Crises, whether a natural disaster, cyber attack, or financial instability, can have severe repercussions if not handled properly. This is where crisis management plays a pivotal role. Join Roger Williams' MBA students and expert speakers to learn how to prepare for the unexpected. The program is totally free and open to the public. You can register online at rwu.edu slash events slash crisis management symposium. This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. Hi, folks. Welcome into another edition of the Bartholomew Town Podcast. Bill Bartholomew here with you. As we discuss an important issue really on a global level, certainly here on a local level in southern New England, and that is healthcare disparities and how we can address it, specifically in the context of the workplace. And to do so, we welcome Craig Kurzweil. He's the vice president at United Healthcare Center for Advanced Analytics, and they recently just put out a white paper, essentially a research paper entitled Finding the Uncommon, Revealing Disparities in Care and Prescribing for Common Conditions. So, Look, folks, I mean, there's no doubt about it. We've been talking about this here on the program for the last year and change. Um, Really, frankly, even from the origins of this, I think of some of the episodes that we had early on that were healthcare oriented with respect to disparities in care and availability and access to any number of elements of the healthcare system, right? That's something that during COVID-19 was put on full display. Everyone was basically put on notice. If you weren't paying attention to this before, now you have no choice but to pay attention to it. But what's fascinating about this conversation today is we take a look at the role that the workplace, that employers can uh, undertake to improve outcomes and quality of life um, that eventually would have that trickle-up effect in theory anyway, to impact the entire community. So a fascinating conversation with Craig Kurzweil, again, the vice president at United Healthcare Center for Advanced Analytics. And we go into a number of strategies and findings um, and solutions, frankly, uh, to this massive question that we have been all asking ourselves for quite some time. And of course, again, during COVID-19, it's been on full display. So Always a pleasure to have you on board here on the pod. Remember, folks, you can email me anytime, bill at ripodcast.com. You can tweet at me at Bill Bartholomew. Find me on Instagram at Bill Bartholomew and join the Bartholomew Town Podcast Facebook group where we have interesting discussions and I post breaking news, things that you won't hear on the podcast as well. News stories, little clips I'm running around all the time. Sometimes I go live from events. That's really the best way to find it inside the Bartholomew Town Podcast Facebook group. And you can join and we'll let you into uh, that group, which now we're, I think we've got like 12, 1300 members. Um, so it's a portion of the audience that's like particularly engaged. So if you feel <laughs> that's you and you kind of want to get uh, a more interactive approach to the content here on B-Town, you can do it on the Facebook page. Okay, so we have a lot coming up. Obviously, we are well into the 300s here in terms of episode numbers on B-Town. And as we approach the summer, I'm going to keep the pedal down, of course, as always. There'll be a week or two here and there that I'm off. I may run some older episodes, um, kind of re-release them, especially some stuff that's like two, two and a half years old that a lot of you may have missed. Um, I'm not sure how I'm going to play that yet, but I am going to try to take a little bit of time off. I don't know when. Also, I would be remiss if I didn't let you know, coming up on June 18th, right here in Providence, Rhode Island, at dusk over on Harris Avenue, an outdoor concert featuring yours truly and my band, 
We'll be playing brand new songs. I've been saying new lineup, new songs, new normal. And that's, again, June 18th. It's a Friday night. Outdoors, Dusk has done a tremendous job navigating the pandemic. I actually did a story for the PBS show um, looking at some Rhode Island venues that had adapted to COVID-19. Well, Dusk was one of them. They have an awesome outdoor stage. It's completely COVID-compliant. Um, and it's just a great vibe, and I'm really excited about this. This will be my first live performance of any nature, of any type, since I think early March 2020. Maybe it may have even been February. I kind of didn't even bother looking, but love to have you there again. June 18th, outdoors at dusk. And um, hey, look, I mean, what are you going to do? We'll probably get into a little bit more than just music. We may even get into some of the stuff we talk about here on the podcast. I don't know what's going to happen. You never know. But love to see you there. Okay, let's get to it. Our conversation with Craig Kurtzwell of United Healthcare. What can employers do to address the disparities in healthcare? Fascinating stuff here on B Town. All right, so thanks so much for hopping on this morning. Um, before we get into the the white paper you worked on with healthcare with the Healthcare Action Council, can you sort of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your work with United Healthcare for Advanced Analytics? Sure. Uh, Craig Kretzel, I lead our Center for Advanced Analytics here at United. And, and basically what that means is that uh, myself and my team, we focus on the next generation of healthcare analytics. So we stay away from uh, the tried and true blocking and tackling what's your you know, admits per thousand or ER utilization or those kinds of things that have been produced uh, historically. But really, what are the, what's the next generation look like? How do we need to start to rethink how we evaluate population health? Uh, developing web papers and studies and, and those types of things. So that's, I, I, I tend to be that kind of trailblazer when it comes to healthcare analytics. In terms of analytics, where it seems to be taking on a larger and larger role in healthcare, it kind of sounds like baseball in 2003, right? All of a sudden, Billy Bean's here. Um, but from your perspective, why are we seeing this trend? Are the tools getting better? And do we just understand the data at a deeper level than we used to understand it? I think I think primarily exactly that. I think the, the, the tools have gotten a lot better. The technology has gotten a lot better. And I, I think there's a lot more sophistication uh, from a solution perspective as well. Um, so that now now if you if you can get to some of those uh, um, more uh, customizable analytics, you also can tie that to some customizable solutions. So um, hand in, they work kind of hand in hand. I think both have started to advance over the last decade or so. There's definitely some... COVID fatigue, I mean, for sure, it's it's obviously still a major global situation, but, um, you know, let's get into it for at least a, a moment here. As someone who's been in the healthcare sector for now more than 15 years and two plus years in your current leadership role with the advanced analytics team, I guess, can you talk about the impact the pandemic had on the industry, on your life on a day-to-day basis with work, et cetera? Uh, it's been crazy, as it with, with yeah. a lot of people. But for, for myself, myself in particular, um, again, my, my my what I focus in on is you know what's 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 latest and greatest, and where do we need to be next? And, and as COVID uh, started to hit, uh, we basically transitioned overnight. We turned from a team that was evaluating social determinants of health and health and all those kinds of things to now a a COVID analytics team, and we're literally for those first few months at least. We were providing daily updates to our employer clients, to our internal business around what are we seeing with our data around COVID? What are we seeing externally around COVID? Where are things headed? And even today, um, you know, more, well, more than a year into this, 
We are providing regular updates internally and externally around um, COVID trends, uh, hotspots, uh, and where do we see the next uh, few months going. So it, it's been uh, remarkable. And, and obviously, as a team that focuses in on um, studies that haven't been done before and analytic paths that haven't been taken, COVID has been ripe with opportunity from an analytic perspective and tons of demand now. And I'm sure for the next five years, we'll be doing tons of studies on COVID itself and the ripple effect that that has on population health. Let's get into the research you've been working on with the Health Action Council. Earlier this year, you released a white paper entitled Finding the Uncommon, Revealing Disparities in Care and Prescribing for Common Condition. It took a deep dive into the so-called common conditions, focusing on hypertension, diabetes, back disorders, mental health, substance use, and asthma, and the impact these conditions can have on an individual's overall health and the cost of their care. So I guess, can you kind of give us a general overview of the white paper and why is this topic important for United Healthcare, your members, and the Health Action Council? Yeah, first of all, it's a fantastic partnership between United Healthcare and Health Action Council, um, really uh, pushing and driving us to think outside the box, uh, to think think about the uncommon within the common that led us to this white paper, where even if you even if you focus on common conditions, diabetes, hypertension, back pain, the, the big ticket items were a majority of the population is facing those kind of issues where it drives over 60% of the cost. Um, if you look under the covers and you start to cut and slice and, and apply some analytic capabilities to that, you start to find some, some stark opportunities, some variety of uh, some highly variable care that, that's happening. Even in something that's tried and true like diabetes, the treatment patterns, the prevalence rates, the outcomes associated with that condition vary incredibly. And uh, so it's, it's really provided a unique opportunity to dive in those kind of topics, to take the common and find the opportunity. Reverting back to COVID, one thing that we learned that, well, we didn't necessarily, necessarily learn it, but it was certainly exposed for everybody, inside baseball, outside baseball people, mm-hmm. disparities in healthcare. Your research found some alarming statistics related to these clear disparities can you talk about some of your research's findings when it comes to this problem? Yeah, there's, I mean, uh, a wealth of, of disparities that exist depending on how you look at it. So if we take, uh, for example, a, a common condition like hypertension, where we see that there can be um, a stark difference just based on ethnicity or culture with the African-American population. And in the data we reviewed had a 63% higher prevalence rate um, associated with hypertension. Or looking at the fact of treatment patterns, and if you if you focus on a male female split, you find that in uh, in the elderly female population, the um, rates of those females that are being prescribed or they're taking beta blockers after heart attack um, drops dramatically. Same same people, um, same condition, same issue, same age. And if you're a man, you're, you're more, much more likely to get prescribed that beta blocker. And if you're a female, you're much more likely to not. Um, lots of those kinds of disparities. Or if we want to talk about, you know, things that are obviously hot in, in the, these days, especially with COVID, looking at mental health, um, very much skewed. It's, it's not a peanut butter spread sort of issue across the general population, skewed towards females, skewed towards a younger population, uh, and impacting more the lower income uh, group as well. And then a unique look around um, disparities is looking at rural versus urban, where we see that the greatest instance of mental health and substance abuse really focused on those rural populations that get hit much harder. So in a lot of these different uh, common conditions, 
It's not the same sort of outlier group, but there's always a subgroup that's underperforming that we can focus our time and attention on. And there's always disparities in care. One finding, African-Americans have a 20% higher prevalence of asthma than any other race and are more likely to experience a flare-up that requires treatment, yet they are less likely to have been prescribed asthma-related steroids. I mean, that is, that's fascinating. It's it's terrible um, and it reflects environmental situations, no doubt about it. I mean, how do you, how do you break something like that down? Yeah, and we, we even looked further and, and saw that it was not, you know, an income uh, break. Uh, the income groups were, were, were much more similar, but really distinctly different patterns of care uh, when it comes to the African-American population. It, and it's really complicated. I mean, there's lots of variables that go into this as far as the why and what's really driving that. I mean, there's going to be access. There's going to be what type of provider are they seeing? Is it high quality, low quality sort of providers that, are, that have access and availability? And some of it is a bit of culture, right? How do you, um, it, especially when you look at things like ER utilization, you see dramatic difference utilization rates in, in some of these populations. A bit of it is, is culture. And how, how, do you, how does your culture engage the healthcare system as well? So high variability, but distinct. And, and we're talking about big numbers and, and distinct different utilization patterns across those populations. I guess the, the main thing now is addressing these problems. When we come back from this quick break, we'll, we'll get into this with Craig. You know, where do we go from here? You're listening to Rhode Island's podcast, A Record, Bartholomew Town, on Spotify, Apple, ripodcast.com, or your preferred podcast app. If you're planning to get a COVID-19 vaccine, there are three ways to make that happen in Rhode Island. You can choose a state-run vaccination site, a regional or community-based clinic, or certain pharmacy locations. To learn more about all of these options, start at c19vaccineri.org. There, you'll find all the information and links you need to make a decision and to schedule an appointment. That's c19vaccineri.org. Okay, so we're, we're back. We're talking about um, a significant white paper that basically puts forth the value of data analytics and addressing um, kind of almost, you would say, basic health problems, but how they impact the, the bigger picture. Now the question remains, how do you address these problems? There are certainly some alarming statistics. What's next? And does your in your white paper as it tries to answer is that basic question of of how do we address this stuff? I think there's a, a couple of steps. I think I think first and foremost, and I'm a, a data guy at heart, so I'm going to skew in that direction. But I think we need to shine a spotlight on the issue. So you you can't you can't you can't um, change anything you can't measure. So I think analytically uh, we owe it to especially those groups that are managing population health and oftentimes that's employers, to help them see the opportunity that exists. So um, start to veer away from looking at the total population and the averages. Within the averages, there's a lot, There's uh, averages hide a lot. And so um, I, my first uh, um, next step that I'm advocating for is to have this be part of the common conversation um, that we all have with employers, that we start to, to, to look at prevalence rates and stop talking about them in total and start to focus on the outliers, focus on the exceptions, focus on the areas that need more of our time. Because if you think about solutions, we become much more impactful when we become much more targeted. So rather than peanut butter spreading our solution across the whole population with all the different cultures and generations 
and all those different cuts and slices we have in, within a population, let's get much more focused. Because then if we, if we identify that it's a specific market, a specific gender, a specific ethnicity that's driving a root cause issue within an employer, then we can start to talk about specific solutions. Because solutions work much, much better if you can have them be more targeted, more engaging. We can sort of put our feet in the shoes of the members we need to reach and, and have a bigger bang for our buck around those solutions and use the analytics to track, are those solutions actually working? So it's it, typically in the population health world, it's broad-based solutions, it's grand themes across big populations. I'm advocating for let's make it more local, let's make it more targeted, and let's make it more impactful. There's some specifics here for sure that 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 come up. One would be for employers to evaluate their current benefit plan design for op- opportunities to implement a care program that evolves with the patient over time. For example, making chiropractic care or physical therapy mandatory for back disorders before moving to more aggressive treatments, covering medications as a preventive care for specific chronic conditions, exercise, stretch, meditation. These are all things that that on the surface seem super logical. What's been holding them back from from existing on a regular basis now? And, and why should employers pivot to this sort of uh, adaptive version of plans and care? I think it's it's really more of a natural progression of, of kind of solutions within the population health world where um, you're going to start with some of the low-hanging fruit and, and talk about consumer-driven health care and broad disease management, case management, those types of things. But after you pull those levers, as, as a lot of employers have, now it's, you know, how do we start to focus on some of those outliers and really start to to, to focus on some of those unique opportunities that go beyond the broad-based approaches. And that's where you start to start to get in some of these much more targeted interventions, focusing on site of care, and now the expansion of telehealth and virtual health. Focus on plan designs that are really geared towards really what the data is telling us and where we see some unique nuanced opportunity within, within the, uh, the employer-sponsored healthcare. Or even just talking about communication, becoming much more attuned to custom communications that target and are geared towards and are motivating towards the population of greatest need. It's, it's really just about taking, you know, the, the population health solutions and double clicking into them and starting to get much more targeted and nuanced around some of these approaches, whether it's plan design or communications or all sorts of other solutions as well. What else is in the works for you and for just health assessment data going forward? I mean, we we're in a period now where the general public has gotten pretty used to numbers and data on a daily basis when it comes to assessing COVID. So is this going to become something much like telemedicine that is integrated into the public facing portion of, of healthcare going forward? It has been really interesting to see healthcare data now become a national uh, conversation piece. Yeah. Um, so usually I'm kind of nuanced and a lot of people are focused on this kind of issue, but now to see it be at the dinner table is really, um, really interesting. And, and, I, and I do think that it is, has provided a level of perspective, especially again for those employers, that these kind of analytics can really drive us towards some really unique solutions. And again, COVID is, has led us down a path that it's not a one size fits all, right? We see peaks and valleys, we see hot spots and low spots. And it, the way the way we solutioned around COVID as a country, as a state, as a city, um, we do the same sort of thing with an employer. So I think there's gonna be much more adoption of that kind of way of thinking. Um, and as you think about where do we go from here, 
Um, the pandemic has obviously had major impacts on employers. And But as you think about what is the next version of analytics look like, I'm thinking about things like anxiety, right? It's going to be huge. Mental health and specifically anxiety, um, not just during the pandemic. I think we all faced levels of anxiety during the pandemic. Where I'm really focused on is what does this return to normal look like for a population? How hard is that going to, there's a portion of the population that struggles with anxiety anyway, but now coming out of a pandemic and going to a restaurant with people around, even, even though everyone says it's safe, it's going to create a lot of anxiety uh, with individuals. So monitoring that, what that looks like, sleep patterns. I mean, and, and health equity is not going anywhere. Um, and health inequity is not going anywhere. And having that be part of the conversation is going to be critical. So as I kind of think of what is the next generation of analytics, analytics look like, it goes beyond claims data. It's going to be around how are people feeling? How are people motivated? What is their culture? All of those things are going to matter probably more than ever as we get out of the pandemic. Last question for anyone who's listening right now that wants to check out the white paper for themselves. Is there a way for them to, to view it publicly? Yeah, uh, you can access this uh, through the Health Action Council website and, and view um, this white paper as well as other white papers we've done in the past. We'd love to see you go out there and check it out. Rhode Island's podcast of record, B-Town.